0: uc.today.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Today, I spoke to Scott Walker, the CEO of Ethos IQ. Ethos IQ provides solutions around data analysis and help customers increase efficiency across multiple different platforms. Scott and I discuss how this has been traditionally very difficult for businesses to do, and why ensuring that data analysis is accurate is critical to providing great customer service experiences.
1: Subject, by the way, and the reason I like this is because you know I, I'm constantly reading reports and, and uh, surveys, and what's what's really driving today's industry is that you know according to companies like Accenture, I'll just pick on them. First, I, I won't pick on them. I'll be nice. They they came out with a survey and basically it was like over 80, 90 percent. I don't remember the specific percentage, but it was a significant, say that they get frustrated because they have to repeat their issues or they they can't get self-service, they can't get the service that they want from an organization. And so the reason I decided to take this call is because I think it's important for enterprises to know that they can actually leverage their existing infrastructure um, and still drive that self-service that they want in real time.
0: Yeah, and that's a, and that that brings us, and you've done the link there perfectly to to today's topic, which was, in regards to end user productivity and how collaboration tools and data analysis and all of those facets, you know, interlink and work together. And one of the things I've heard repeatedly with with other people and discussed on this pod is measuring that performance, productivity, efficiency gain is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Would you agree with that in terms of the benefit that collaboration tools provide for end users?
1: Absolutely. So think about today's consumer, right? What does today's consumer want? So they're looking for ease of use. However, what the consumer really wants is reliable. So think of Bit of an application or think of you're dependent upon this let's call it a smartphone or a device whatever the device is that you're using but the interaction today is you don't want it to be interrupted you need it to be a reliable you need it as reliable as when you walk in a room and turn on the light or when you walk into the kitchen sink and turn on the water that's the reliability we're looking for. So When it doesn't work like that, you get static or you get interruption or you can't access uh, those services from the enterprise, what happens? The frustration goes from zero to very high uh, very quickly. So if you look at the pieces that complete the puzzle today, you could be talking about a kiosk. You could be talking about a point-of-sale device. You could be talking about a handheld device. You could be talking about the web. You could be talking about uh, email or chat over the Internet. Now you're getting into SMS applications where you're driving self-service and interactions. You know, hey, did you complete this service? Did you make this purchase? And the other thing, the last the last thing that we never talk about and everyone's trying to avoid are the voice calls. And everyone wants to avoid voice calls because of the cost of that interaction. It seems to be the most expensive. However, if the other applications aren't tried true, and when I say tried true, if you talk about the availability and scalability of the technology stack that's supporting it, these are very complex systems. So to be able to have that reliability of walking in and turning on the light switch or the reliability of turn on water, and being able to do it in real time, you can see very quickly how the layers upon layers of solutions that an enterprise will have gets very complex very quick. So now you take this, this demand for the simple user interface and this reliability, then you multiply the multiple different languages that you have, the multiple different codes of software that you have. And now you want to know, hey, Scott, how can you correlate my data? And that really is, at the end of the day, why I created Ethos IQ and why we've had the success. Because you have to be able to service your customers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It has to be as reliable as turning on the light switch or turning on the water. And the reality of of being able to do that and then add value to your end user, it's paramount.
0: that's something else I've heard and and the, the whole point you touched on there that end user expectation in terms of simplicity of use which seems to be the key factor it does appear that that's been achieved in a consumer market much more easily than the enterprise seems to manage it for, for, for employees is that something you'd agree with and do you think there's a particular reason behind that is that because of the complexities of large enterprises and the disparate systems they've had to try and integrate together?
1: Uh, yes, I, I, I think that's a good point. Because typically if you look at consumer services, consumer services to me, when I think of cons- this, this, this market, there's a term called... Uh, free users where you're getting paid for pop-up ads. So if you think of a game that you might purchase and download on your, your phone, uh, see I downloaded a game called Yahtzee. I didn't pay for it, I got the free version and I have to tolerate the advertisements as they pop up. That's okay because that's personal entertainment. Now, on my transactional applications that I've, uh, it's the second class I would view as transactional. These transactional applications, such as my my bank application, my um, CRM application, and real time and look at what's happening, who's doing what from a sales perspective, from a customer ticket perspective. No matter where I'm at in the world, I can touch this application and see what's happening within my enterprise. You say, okay, well that that's a CRM app. So correlate that information with my time clock information, right? Um, Here's an example of an end user. From an enterprise perspective, you have the capacity to take this disparate data. One of the patents that we have for the enterprises at driving uh, a global insight is being able to take schedules from workforce management systems of companies that aren't even tied that enterprise so they can use their own architecture their own solutions but we still take that workforce schedule and we normalize that data real time and then we import it into their schedule so that they can holistically see how are my resource scheduling cross with the outsourcers and the advantage of doing that is you can actually say hey am I getting compliance am I getting adherence and what happens is that the enterprise, I'm now being able to save millions of dollars um, by ensuring that I've got compliance. From an end user standpoint, you know the person that is calling on the phone, they're able to get the same treatment of their interactions, regardless of no matter whether they're getting serviced by that outsourcer or whether they're getting serviced by the actual enterprise. So there's a couple of different ways to look at that, but really at the end of the day, it's allowing you when you take this type of data and you correlate it, it's allowing you to control the cost of the enterprise, but you're still improving service and support for the end users that are actually calling in on the phone.
0: Over the last few years, there's been a, a huge increase, and this is obviously something a market that, that you're you know much more aware of than I am of uh, the. Range of unified communications and collaboration tools that are being used by businesses. How much more difficult, or, or not, as the case may be, has your job at ethos IQ become in terms of having to collate all of that data across all of these disparate, sporadic systems, wherever they might be, and and providing that analysis for businesses in terms of because it's almost impossible to do it alone, isn't it? If you're a large enterprise. With various different systems being used around the world, it's very difficult to compare and contrast. How is that office doing to this office? How is this system comparing to this system?
1: Well, so let's just take a look at the core systems today that pretty much every enterprise uses, right? So, if you think of time clocks, uh, your voice systems, there's PBXs, there's ACDS, there's IVRs, there's your human rel, you know, your HR systems, your Compliance policy systems. There's your outsourcers. There's the actual end user themselves. Sometimes we might call them agents. Sometimes we might call them the front line. Um, there's email, chat, CRM, and then that's just the stack that's managing the organization. Those are the business touch points. So you need to start looking at the org hierarchies, the disparate agent IDs, multiple agent IDs, payroll, HR, and security systems. It absolutely is a challenge for large organizations. I think some of the best organizations in the world, I've seen them maybe correlate a couple of databases, you know, to whereas we, it's not uncommon for us. And I think an average customer for us has about nine to 25 different databases that we're taking data real time and correlating so that we can see that whether it's the customer interaction or whether you, Using this information for like measuring and managing licenses that are being used across the enterprise from a compliance and um, standpoint, there's lots of ways to use this data to drive efficiencies and to improve service and support. But at the end of the day, if you're not measuring that customer effort, there's no way that you can tell me that you're really measuring the customer experience. And a lot of companies are missing that. They say, "Hey, we do surveys." We do this, we do that, but they're not measuring the customer effort, and that's what we do out of the box for a lot of our clients.
0: And, and that was obviously critical that that CX, that customer experience, like you said, that that customer effort level they're going to. What in terms of large enterprise and even you know smaller enterprises, is it a case of strategy and making sure that? you align the different platforms you use as well as possible and I was going to say minimize those platforms, but almost streamline them rather than ending up with 100 different platforms, consolidating those into into the most critical applications.
1: I think that's interesting because if you think about, uh, I read another, I talked about, I read a lot, I read another report uh, by Gartner where they claim that 85% of customers will manage the relationship with their enterprises um, through some sort of self-service or artificial intelligence by, I think it was 2020. And if you look at despite all the initiatives for self-service and artificial intelligence, intelligence, if you look at, I'm just going to pick on the U.S. real quick. Today, there's 40,000 750 call centers in the U.S., according to a company called Contact Babel. If you look at what the projection is by 2021, it's less than a 1% decline. It's like 0.6. They expect 39,750 actual call centers. However, on the the flip side, they expect 18% decrease in outbound calls. So then you got to ask yourself, why is there such a disparate data between less than 1% decrease in contact centers but an 18% decrease in outbound voice calls? Well, my, I submit to you that that's pretty simple. If you look at the integrations that's required by a, a data middleware like an Ethos IQ, you need to be able to leverage this data. You have monolithic systems today, so you need a third party to come in take this data and correlate it so that you can provide real-time application status updates in your smartphone or smart device applications, or you can drive, you know, very correlated, very uh, pinpoint text messaging or emails to drive self-service and resolution. It's not just about AI. It's not just about self-service. It's about that real-time integration, and that's what we do.
0: And I suppose... That's interesting. And I I hadn't seen that particular study that that shift from traditional call center to modern contact center is being driven, obviously, by, you know, a a customer demand for that. But those emerging technologies, which which you touched on briefly there, you know, AI and big data are are enabling that, you know, to, to happen more functionally.
1: you'll see is you'll see very large companies come in and talk to you about proliferating big data. They may have a a solution that could be named after an investigator. I don't know, but they could have a a solution. They'll charge, I, I can make a living following this company because they'll charge $50 million and not get one report delivered to the customer. I can go in for a fraction of that price and provide actionable insights. Because of the way that we look at how we divide the data up, if you look at smart data, for us, we take it and really kind of compartmentalize it in six different fragments. We have what we call messaging and communication, and then we have the organization, then we have networking systems, then we have our online systems, and then transactional, and then we have others and external. So once you take those data, uh it's really when we look at driving the correlation of the data it's to provide a customer experience and an ability to measure uh, based upon the customer's efforts as it relates to measuring and manage the customer engagement and that's across the enterprise so if you look at the verticals that are involved right so there's verticals that are winning and those verticals that may not be winning so if you look at communications services IT insurance healthcare care uh, finance and those organizations because they're so ingrained in our day-to-day lives that their transactional type uh, applications are actually driving an increase all of those that I just described actually have one percent or more of an increase in call center agents forecasted between now and 2021, the ones that have a decrease are public services, transportation and travel, and manufacturing. Those organizations, those verticals, are actually decreasing the customer service agents. And that makes sense, right? So if I'm dealing with my communications company, that's a pretty intense relationship because I'm constantly seeing what's my data usage. If I'm dealing with a services company, you know where's my repairman for the refrigerator where's my repairman for the car if i'm talking about it or insurance or healthcare or finance those are high level interactions however if i'm talking about my travel transportation and travel you look at uber i never need to talk to anybody if i'm talking about you know british airways or united airlines all of that so they've trained the marketplace pretty well to use their applications that it requires zero interaction except for the application.
0: And and do you think we'll see, uh, it's interesting, you know, how, how different verticals, you know, have, have been more successful. And like you said, there are particular reasons behind that, but do you think we will see more of a realignment in business strategy to, to to, to enable the reduction of the reduction is right. The, the greater efficiency with customer communication.
1: I think so. I think so. Um, I don't know. I don't know if leveraging. I mean, so, so you talk about those verticals, right? Manufacturing. I don't know if I really expect them to proliferate customer contact centers especially when they start going through distributions like an Amazon. I expect Amazon will probably start a, a, an Amazon-type service. I can't speak for them specifics. but I expect an Amazon-type service to be the front for those calls, right? So the manufacturer doesn't need that. However, I don't expect Amazon, even if they get into the healthcare business, uh, if, I, if I have questions about a prescription, uh, I want to talk to the actual provider or the person who prescribed that. The specialist
0: so, in that field, yeah.
1: Right, right. But that's still going to drive the interactions. That's still going to drive communications. What's interesting was, uh, I can't remember, I, I want to say it was McKinsey, seems to believe that I think it was five to ten minutes. I think it was five minutes. That 75% of customers expect uh, online help within five minutes. So then you correlate that with the need for call center agents. That's why I, I called out those markets. And this is what I think is so interesting about these vertical markets that are going to experience an increase in, in actual agent count and not a decrease because of the market demand.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's it's interesting to see how, how that how that will evolve, um, going forward, and, and how that you know customer that customer expectation which has changed so dramatically, like you said, even over the past ten years, from direct contact to wanting to be able to, in certain circumstances where it's suitable, to you know help themselves to service as much as possible. Right. well big thanks to Scott for appearing on the podcast and if you have any questions for him about data analysis get in touch either in the comments section of the website or via LinkedIn or Twitter at UC Today News also I wanted to point you in the direction of another podcast series where we get you all the latest monthly updates from Microsoft Teams either go to our website and search for podcasts or go to the Apple Podcasts app and search for Microsoft Teams and you'll find our Outloud Microsoft edition. Thanks for listening